six of For What It's Worth Coaching Podcast. I'm Coach Ty here with Coach Hines. And uh, Happy New Year, everyone. We're uh, getting ready to start uh, episode six. We just dropped episode five up on uh, all the podcasts up there, iTunes, Google, and Spotify. Um, but I hope everyone had a happy new year. I know Coach Hines did because uh, we spent it together. We were together. Our families were together. Our, mm-hmm. Part of our families. Part of our families, uh, yeah. Had, had a good time. Definitely. So we, uh, we're, we're sharing, you know, often Coach Ty, on, Coach Ty and I will sit down to choose the episodes we're going to do, and it's just conversations of things that have happened that week during football season or with baseball or the things that have come up. Um, we also sometimes just kind of scroll through each other's Twitter accounts and say, hey, say, you know, I, I mentioned something a few weeks back, and, you know, this uh, got a lot of comments or a lot of interaction. So one that we're going to discuss today are the uh, coaches I've loved playing for. Um, but I, you know, before we get started, I know a lot of people don't know out there, but you steal a lot of uh, material from me. Oh yeah, all know. my stuff is from Coach Ty. Hundred <laughs> percent of it is uh, it's from Coach Ty. Funny story about that, but I'll, sh- I'll share that off the podcast yeah. about someone stealing some stuff. Um, neither of us were were involved with the stealing of things. Um, but coaches, I love playing for. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think for anyone listening to the podcast. We've all had coaches, uh, just like teachers, some you really connect with, some that you can't wait till the year or the season's over with to move on. Um, And I thought this tweet came to me or or came to my mind because I had uh, our athletic director, um, where I coach now at Coronado, have our players fill out questionnaires about each of the coaches. And it's interesting because the coaches that, I'll just put it out there, that maybe I value the most Mm -hmm. in my staff, the guys that are there, all the time, the guys that just go above and beyond with film breakdown and all that stuff. Um, some of the players rank them a little bit lower than some coaches that may be brand new to our staff, show up half the time because of work or, or whatever it may be, um, say, oh, he's really cool. Mm-hmm. And, and we're not looking to be cool coaches. No. We're looking to be coaches that connect and empower and change lives. Um, so that that's where this came from. So we're going to go down the list here of uh, coaches that we loved playing for mm-hmm. and coaches I think we we – um, strive to be. You know, I, I find out a lot of times too when you think back to some of the coaches you may have played for, but at the time you were playing for them, you, you weren't big on them. But as com- going into being, you know, in our 40s now, coaching many, many years, um, looking back and actually seeing, okay, I know why that coach did this, this, and that. You know, he wasn't as bad of a guy as I thought he was, or, or uh, bad as a coach I thought he was. But, you know, it's the behind the scene work that kids don't see. Day in, day out, or uh, parents. That that's a great point. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and to add on to that, coach, I actually, uh, my father, my parents didn't allow me to play football in eighth grade because my grades were such. In seventh mm-hmm. grade, they said, "Hey, if you don't get this up, you're not playing." And I don't know why I didn't believe them, but I, I didn't. And uh, eighth grade football came around, and long story short, I didn't play. I thought I hated my father at that time. <laughs> I, I really did. You know, I, I and I tell him now, and in just uh, such a blessing in, in so many ways to to my family and I. But at the time, in that moment, I thought he was my worst enemy. Definitely, he he yeah. was keeping me. When mm-hmm. rea- in reality, I was keeping myself from playing football. True. I, I wasn't being a student athlete. Um, but that's a great point. A lot of these things that we put down weren't things that maybe we realized in the middle of our playing days. Right. And maybe our, some of our players won't realize what we're trying to do mm-hmm. as much as we try to be vocal with them and share the reasons why we do what we do until later on. Definitely. Um, do you want to start with number one? Uh, number one, well, we'll go ahead. Actually, I'll just read them off, and you can tell me what you – I think that would be better. <laughs> I'll chime in. Uh, number one is uh, coaching that believed in me. Yeah, the, co- the coaches that believe in you. 
Uh, we all hear stories, and sometimes it, ourselves we say, you know, so and so is this the way they are because the father always doubted them and put mm -hmm. them down. Their mother said they weren't good enough, or their teachers or their coaches. And it's almost a self-fulfilling prophecy, I think, when you go into a program, whether you're a new coach or not, and they have a history of winning. That belief in that program, that the, the young men or young women just go into the weight room, they go into the off-season, they go into their season with that belief, um, and with a program that struggled for years. I mean, it hasn't had a culture of winning or an identity. If they, if they don't have that belief in their program or themselves, um, it, it, it kind of, as I said, it's a self-fulfilling self prophecy. Um, so one of the coaches you know, that come to mind for me, he just believed in me. You know, Constantly he would tell me, say, Heinz, he just, you can do this. You can do this. Mm -hmm. And when you know someone else believes in you, you start to believe in yourself as well. Definitely. Uh, number two, a coach that challenged me. Yeah. You know, I, I, uh, I'm sure I was this way when I first started coaching 20 years ago. Um, you want to be liked by people mm -hmm. and you want to be buddy buddy with people and you fool around with the guys and that's all fun and you, and you need there's a time and a place for that type of relationship but as I try to surround myself now with coaches that are going to help us to be the best we can I'm not looking for the young coach or, or old doesn't matter any age coach that wants to be buddy buddy with someone I want coaches that are going to challenge not only the players but challenge me as a coach definitely you know qu question the calls not in the middle of the game um, right. <laughs> but question the calls I'm making. Question why we're running practice a certain way. Um, you know, it's when we're challenged by people that we love and respect that it really helps us to reflect on ourselves. Definitely. And I think uh, you're the same way. I have a, uh, with my son, you know, he runs cross country. Just challenge it because you, sometimes you can see in a kid um, that is, you know, working hard on the football field, uh, field hockey or uh, basketball, they just like see they're almost getting it. But they just think, hey, I'm okay right now. But if you don't challenge them, they're not going to go to that next level. Because that next level, you know, there's going to be kids challenging. If you don't challenge them, they're not going to be able to challenge the other kids around them that are challenging them for their starting spot. Yeah, great point. So uh, number three, a coach that is patient with me. Yeah, I, I think often about the the natural athlete with number three here. You know, when we have a young man or once again young man um, that is just a natural athlete, you don't have to have a lot of patience for them. They just do things really, really well. Mm -hmm. um, I was a good athlete. But I don't know if I was a natural athlete. I worked my tail off, and, and I had to fight for every rep and everything I got. Um, so the coaches I loved playing for were patient with me. When I messed up, they got on me, but they didn't pull me out right away. One of my biggest pet peeves is, is I, I share this with my coaches all the time, um, even during game time situations, when someone messes up, don't pull them out right away. Mm -hmm. You know, let, let, let them work on it. Or pull them out, coach them up real quick. And then put them back in the game. Definitely. But I, I've also been on staffs before where someone messes up. They get yanked out of the game. The coach stares them down or turns their back to them. It, it just infuriates oh. me. Um, and then doesn't go to them and, and coach them up. And, and if we don't have patience with our players, I mean, gosh, if, if other coaches I coached with in my, my earlier days weren't patient with me, I wouldn't be where I am today. Definitely. Definitely. Especially when, uh, when you're brand new to the organization like I saw uh, you last year. Uh, you got to be patient with the changing of the culture. Yeah, because the culture has been there for years, and all of a sudden, a new coach just changes everything right off the bat. It can sh shake up that whole, uh, put in turmoil, and kids are not going to be want to be a part of it. Yeah. So as you slowly make that change and let them know that hey, you believe in them, you listen to them, you're patient with them, all the list that we're going through right now, it'll, the transition is going to be a little quicker and a lot more receptive to uh, all the parents and uh, players around. Yeah, uh, let's go on to the next one, which is a uh, coach that listened to me. 
Yeah, I think this is so important. I, I, I know I have to remind myself from time to time that you know, as, as a coach, whether you're an assistant or a head coach, you are center stage. You have to project your voice and you have to share your message, whether, whether you're teaching a technique or a scheme or a philosophy. Um, and that's important, but it's not about us. Right. You know, coaches I love playing for listen to me. And the only way you can really listen to a player is to have those those one-on-one moments. You know, and, and so often you don't have time during practice to really get a chance to listen to a player too much. Um, <clears throat> it's during the off-season weight training. It's, it's conversations in the coach's office. Or, I'm, I'm going to kind of contradict what I just said, sometimes in a practice when I yell at someone for not pulling or why their split might be too tight or their stance right. might be different, and then... They say, yes, coach, and I can see something in their eyes. And I'm like, wait a minute, they're not being disrespectful, but there's something else. And I'll just stop and say, explain to me why were your split. He said, well, Coach Wink said do this on this play because I had to reach the backer. And then it makes sense. Right. So you, by giving them a chance to speak and listening to them, you're giving them a voice, which uh, – Really goes on to number six. I won't skip number five. Yeah, but uh, same thing. It really benefits everyone. <laughs> it, it does. It does, and you know, and then the kids also know. Okay, I I do have a small word, and uh, what's going on here, so that you know, especially when another coach not contradicts you, but uh, says something different for a different play. Uh, the kids, you're approachable and they're able to talk to you. Yeah. So being approachable and be able, to, you know, knowing that you're going to listen to what they have to say, that they uh, they have some type of voice in the program as well. We'll definitely uh, they'll be able to jump on uh, um, your culture change quickly. Yeah. Quicklier. <clears throat> quicklier is not much of a word, is it? Well, it is now. <laughs> it is now. It is, it Put is that now. in the dictionary. Uh, let's go. Next one is uh, got to know me. Yeah, it, it's just you know, very often people will ask me. They say, "Well, you coach high school football, but you teach elementary school." Those must be two completely different worlds, mm-hmm. um, and they're really not for me. It's uh, you know, little kids and big kids. It's really quiet on the floor with the kids, and then it's yelling, screaming, and intense, and empowering, mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Um, but ultimately, I, I think the, the teachers that made the biggest difference in my life, the coaches, the friends, the family, knew me. They mm-hmm. knew me not as just the name on the back of a jersey, Heinz, or not, or Ty, or whoever. Not just a number. Um, or a pawn in their game of what they're mm-hmm. trying to achieve. But they knew me as people, as a person. Um, and I, th- I think the most successful relationships, um, whether it's in the family unit or outside of that, in the sports world, um, when you have a relationship with someone and, and they really know you, when you get to know your players, hopefully when they have a big win on a Friday night mm-hmm. or a loss, they're going to decide to go hang with some buddies and get some food to eat or go home and relax or, or watch some film or whatever and avoid those parties. Right. When they are in a situation where they want to skip a class and blow up a class, but they've developed a relationship with you and their teammates, they're going to realize that the sport they're playing isn't just about themselves, mm-hmm. that they're part of something greater. So I think when you get to know your players, when I had coaches that took the time to get to know me, it just makes all the difference. Right. And I think one of the things, a few years back when I was coaching, uh, one of the neat things, I used to go and talk and, and, and find out what they like to do besides baseball. Yes. What do you like to do besides baseball or football or whatever other sport? Um, and I had one of the kids ask me, like, I've never had a coach ask me that before. And Isn't come to find out, him his brother is a twin brother. Uh, they're both on a team. And it was actually, it's funny because the one of my neighbors, his son was friends with them. And they were all in a band together. And the, co- co- uh, the kids was telling me, I was like, well, when do you play? Let me know when you go. I'd like to come watch you guys play. Unfortunately, I never got to make it there. But just him knowing, I, I wanted to know more about him, except 
just what's on the baseball field. Just like, oh, this guy is is down to earth. Cool, you know. I'm not saying I'm his best friend or anything, but he really wants to get to know me. I want to get to know him. You know, I know he has more uh, of my interests than just baseball. Yeah. You know, when you show a lot more interest in, in them as a person than just the game itself, um, I think that goes a long way as far as, uh, you know, getting to know the kids. Yeah, and I'll be careful of this one, but uh, I, I've been part of programs before um, when I wasn't the head coach. And, 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 and it's so funny, my, you know, Jill and I talk often, it's so easy, it's all relative to be an mm-hmm. assistant coach. Yes, you know, it just, is. Very you, easy. This, you, you show up, you coach your position. Yeah. There's a lot that you pour into it, obviously. But when you're the head coach, there's a lot more emails. There's a lot more um, you do with scouting, with breaking down film, with public relations, mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Um, but too much is given, much is required, right? Or much is expected. And the blessings that come with being a head coach are you get to surround yourself with with people who have that same heart, that same right. passion. Mm-hmm. Um, I had an instant before. At another time, different school, where I wasn't the head coach, so I couldn't choose who I was coaching with. Correct. And it was funny because the, certain individuals felt like that, that was not a part of football. You know, it's just you, we, you don't need to know about the personal life. Just coach, just coach the player. Mm-hmm. And you and I, I know one of the reasons we connected is we don't want to coach the player; we want to coach the person. Correct. And there's a big difference in coaching a player and coaching a person. You know, for 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 us, I think those that coach the player. When the practice ends, the relationship ends. When the game ends, the relationship ends. Mm-hmm. When they graduate, the relationship ends. And if you're coaching the person, you're trying to do so much more than just X's and O's. Definitely, definitely. Uh, number six, we're on number six, empowered me. Yeah, you know, I, I love that word empower. You know, mm-hmm. to, to, to pour life, to pour power, to pour strength into someone else. Um, I think number six, you know, it's almost uh, somewhere we could have put it as, as the final culminating you know number here at number 10 but when someone empowers you you just I think it goes just beyond the it's important I say it all the time tell your players you love them Mm -hmm. and I think that's still foreign to a lot of coaches yeah you know but to look them in the eye and say hey I love you and to back it up by getting to know them and listening when you empower them it kind of takes everything that you have taught them and shared them and and hopefully you've done right over enough time it's part of them. It, yes. it just becomes part of who they are mm-hmm. so that when they have challenging times outside of the game they play, in the games we coach, um, they can maybe remember back on something that we taught them or modeled for them or shared with them in our own lives. Um, I, I had several instances just this past season where behind closed doors in my coach's office, I'd sit down with a player or two or a player and his parents and would start getting teary-eyed sharing something from my personal mm-hmm. life and you could see them looking at me like, Kind of like you said, you know. Wait a minute, no coach has done this before. No coach yeah. has shared and exactly. been this transparent. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it really sets the stage for them to be completely honest with themselves and others. And it just for me, that's what it's all about: empowering others. Yeah, and that's a, such a big <clears throat> word because when when you do empower uh, the the guys or girls that are on your team, uh, it sets them up for success later in life as far as their leadership roles. They may not have to have that. You know, I'm the captain, the big old C on their chest or whatever like that. But be able to know, hey, they are in a leadership role outside of having the, the title. You know, that's also in the classroom, uh, outside of school, um, in other sports that they may play. They may be a captain on a different different sport, but um, they may be able to uh, transfer over to, to the football or baseball field from that other sport. And also going into that boardroom when they do get that job when they graduate from college. So when you do empower them, they know they're going to be able to, they'll have a voice. They'll be able to make the decisions that need to be made and be able to accept the fact that, hey, they're going to make mistakes. 
Like everyone, everyone learns from their mistakes and be able to recognize, okay, I made a mistake. It's time to move on. Let's correct it so we don't make this mistake again. Absolutely. Uh, I, I, I'm going to respectfully disagree uh, with one part. I love uh-huh. that. But I, 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 I think, think this is the first time you've disagreed with me. Jeez. Well, to, to your face. <laughs> to my face. Man, we leave your house sometimes. I'm like, man, what, yeah, is, what is this guy doing? Why do you put his couch there? Um, no, and I'm not trying to be funny saying this, but um, you, you mentioned we all learn from our mistakes. And I, th- I think most people don't. In life. Uh, that's true. They, they blame others. Yeah. They blame the coach, the official, mm-hmm. you know, or yeah. whatever it is. And, and I think it not, we're not saying that you and I are something we're not, that we're more successful than others because we're definitely not. Uh-huh. But we love our lives. Uh-huh. We love our calling as coaches. Definitely. Um, but I, I think the successful people in life, in mm-hmm. sports, learn from their mistakes. Definitely. I think too many people are, are in the cycle. We talked about some things earlier before we started recording about some people we know who don't learn from their mistakes. Yeah. And that, that's the sad reality. But our, our passion is to help our players to learn from their mistakes. Definitely. Yeah. Sorry. Right. So I'll let it go. Great. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> but also, that, what you say now goes into number eight. But we're going on number seven now, which is uh, coaches that push me. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny because I, I – for, for me, this comes to just really, you know – I yell and I scream all the time when I'm coaching. Veins are popping and, and, and just... Uh, I've never from, seen it. From, <laughs> from a distance, if you didn't know uh, my, my passion or your passion or our, our hearts, um, someone might think that's, that's too intense or over the top. Right. Um, but people want to be pushed. Mm-hmm. I, I think most competitive people want someone that is not just going to be their buddy, not just going to tell them things they want to hear, be a yes man, mm-hmm. but someone that's going to say, hey, hold on a second. You know, you're you're doing this, yeah. You're making that block. You're hitting this. You're catching, whatever, and that's good. And if you just want to be good, fine. I'll back off. But if you want to be great, do it a little bit differently. Correct. You know, and and I've always loved when when I work out with the players in the weight room. Um, I love when players push me also, and, and I tell them, hey, I'm going for ten here, whatever it is. And I I get to ten, they say one more, and I'll tell them afterwards, like, listen, yes, like that. That's what it's all about. Yeah. I want them doing that for me, for their teammates. Mm-hmm. I think most competitive people want to be pushed. Definitely. And it builds up that, that competitive atmosphere that you want on the foot, on a competitive football, baseball, whatever field you want. It pushes it, gets those competitive juices going. Yeah, and we say all the time, I'm going to put Coach Ty in the spot here again, competition breeds, <laughs> breeds success. I love that. That's it's probably one of the best sayings I've heard for, for sports, period. Love it. I like it, too. Um, number eight, uh, you kind of touched on a, uh, a coach that led me. Yeah. Well, I, I think, once again – Coaches that lead us, it's its not just in the sport that they're mm-hmm. coaching. It's leading us through life. And in my opinion, I think I can speak for both of us, the best way to lead someone is by example. Yeah, you definitely. know, if, if we talk to the players about the importance of proper nutrition and we show up to practice all the time, you know, just, just morbidly obese. I'm not saying the coaches that are overweight are not great coaches or great men. Right. I, I don't want any hate mail on this. Um but, but you might want to eat a salad while you're watching films. <laughs> just once in a while. Yeah. Just once in a while. Um, but you, you've got to lead by example. You know, if, if I talk to the young men about the importance of showing up on time mm-hmm. and being prepared for practice and I'm constantly late, <clears throat> they're going to see through my words and, and the actions are going to speak louder than that. Definitely. And, you know, going back to what you were saying, you know, um, you know, you, we're, we're coaches. We're going to make mistakes. And owning up to them, say, "Hey, I made the mistake on this one call." Blah blah, and and tell them, "Hey, this is what we probably should have done," or you know, just being able to uh, admit to your mistakes and letting them know that, "Hey, we can move on." Uh, let's go on to number nine, which is our last topic for this uh, second session. to last. I think we have a tenth one on the next screen. Do we? 
Oh, we, yeah, do. we do, we do, we do. Look at that. Sorry, I made it made the writing big so we can uh, read it. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? <laughs> Number nine, loves me. <clears throat> yeah, you know, it's just loves a powerful thing, and, and once again, there will be many coaches at many different levels, all sports, who are more worldly successful than you and I have, mm. make more money at their coaching, or have more titles or rings or whatever it is. Um, if you haven't listened to our previous episodes, please do yourself and do us a favor and do our number one episode is knowing your why. Knowing your why. You know, and, and if your why truly is to empower others and change lives, uh, we're all competitive. We all want to win. Um, but when you love someone, and, and I think the word love gets misused a lot. I know I'm guilty of it in today's age. I'm like, oh, I love their burritos. Yes. Or I love this or that. You know, it's just <clears throat> nothing wrong with that. But when you truly love something to mm-hmm. its core, a person. A job or whatever it is, you're going to pour your everything into that. Correct. And and that's almost one of those things too. You know, the old saying is, very few people remember what people say when you're in the presence, but they remember how they feel. Mm-hmm. There are certain coaches that I had growing up that I I really can't tell you, you know, what their philosophy was offensively or defensively. And this is years ago, um, but I know how I felt around them. You mm-hmm. just felt loved. Definitely. And you know, when you bring all these together, all this whole list together, and you, you, you know, you bring them, believed in, challenged, patient, listened, got to know them, empowered, pushed them, and led them, that's showing that you love them. And when you do all those together, the kids are going to respond um, much better, work harder for you, work harder for themselves and their parents. So putting all those together just shows the love. Absolutely. And then let's scroll down to the last one, which. Ties it all together is equip them, uh, equip me for the game of life, game, and life. Yeah, you know, you, you talking about equipping them, equipping me. <clears throat> I think throughout this whole podcast, you and I have gone back to coaches that we loved playing for mm-hmm. and co- coaches that we try to be. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> we don't want to just win championships, right? And look back from it and, and never have a relationship or have made a difference in someone's life and and, and really left an imprint in their heart, so to speak. Um, the coaches that uh, that have touched me the most, that I've played for and that I've coached with, um, did the previous nine things we talked about right. in different ways. And they really equipped me to be a better football player when I was growing up, a better football coach. Now, more importantly, most importantly, you know, to, to be a better man. Right. You know, far beyond the game of football. Definitely. And, you know, putting it all together no matter what choices they make in life afterwards hopefully they can look back and see the choices that we've made as coaches and how we've uh, been that example for them that they can you know pay that forward to whether their kids their significant others or if they go into coaching or teaching and they can pour that into uh, society itself yeah you know, but definitely help out and you know you go back to championships so I think all this to put together you, you breed that success and there the championships are the byproduct of bringing this all together. Yeah, that's a great point. W- winning really does take care of itself. Definitely. When you have to know your trade, you have to know, mm-hmm. you know, the schemes and the X's and the O's and, and the, the ins and outs of the game. But perfectly said, the winning take care, takes care of itself. Definitely. Uh, I think that's, uh, we're at our 20, 23 and a half minutes. So this is our first live uh, Facebook. I think it went, hopefully it went well. And uh, that's episode six for What It's Worth Coaching podcast. Check us out on Instagram. Check us out on uh, 
iTunes, Spotify, Google, and all the other any other apps that you may use for uh, for podcasts. Check us out. Share us with your loved ones. Share us with some coaches, the little league coaches out there, or pop Warner coaches that you see out there, or anybody who, who may benefit from us, whether they coach or not. Um, but that's uh, it. Yeah. So once again, appreciate that. As Coach Ty said, if you, if you took anything from this, you know, we we don't think we're uh, special coaches or gurus by any means. Uh, it's just two passionate guys that live, love the sports we coach and more importantly love the people we coach. So uh, if, you, if you can, as Coach said, follow us on Instagram and all those other sites. Uh, subscribe to our podcast. And uh, we see a, a good number of people I think that we're watching today. So apologize. You'll never get those 25 minutes back in your nope. life. But uh, people that have listened, uh, once again, if you, if you took anything from it, uh, subscribe, share with others. Appreciate it. Take folks worth. Stay strong. For what it's worth, coaching podcast is brought to you by GameStrat. No more waiting for clips to load or having devices disconnect. GameStrat delivers videos instantly to devices and maintains a strong connection the entire time of your game. Coach Hyde has been using this this whole time with Coronado, and we're wondering how, how did it uh, help out your game and coaching strategies during the game, Coach? All I'm going to say is, coaches, if you're not using GameStrat, you're missing out. It is the latest cutting-edge uh, technology where no longer do we have to wait till Saturday mornings during film session to break down and correct mistakes we're making in live time. We have the opportunity within seconds to get the play that we just ran on the iPad right in front of us, in front of our players, to show them how we can correct it and continue to move forward in the game. It's like making halftime game adjustments during the game. It's, it's game-changing. We uh, also get to give them a shout-out for their their customer service. They are top-notch. Whenever we reach out to them, they get to us right away, fix any issues we may be having, and uh, help us get back on track. It's uh, it's something you I wouldn't want to coach again without. Cool. That's great to hear. And thanks again, Strap, for helping us out. We'll talk to you later. Bye.